always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to the 7 o'clock hour of Green and Growing. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Hey, it's Ashley Frasca. Welcome in. Got a busy week ahead. Filling in for Mark Aram on Channel 2 Action News this morning. Doing traffic for the next three weeks. And I've been in and out of the office working from home a little bit. So it'll be great to be back in the studio and joining the crew of uh, Channel 2 Action News this morning. Fred and Linda and Brian, we're going to have a great time for the rest of the month. And Mark Aram, well-deserved getting some time off this week. And so a smile on Mark McKay. I wish both my mark buddies the best and a very relaxing vacation it gets crazy for those of us in this business this time of year and especially the month of december there's always something going on but i'm here with you now going to be live for the rest of the month on green and growing but it is a shortened show today i'm with you for the next hour and then we've got georgia bulldogs tailgate show coming up at eight o'clock because kickoff is at noon they are facing the Tigers in Missouri, so stay here for all of the game day action. I'm just not quite ready to let the college football season end yet. So, yeah, I really appreciate Dirk uh, calling from Atlanta in the last hour, a native from Jamaica, but has lived here a long, long time. Loved your accent, Dirk, first of all, but that was really cool. You got us thinking about fruit salad trees. How fun are those? So you want to call your local nursery and see if that's something that you could consider. Really, it's just the same maintenance and the same care for any fruit tree. Uh, just keeping it moist all of the time to avoid any stress. And then you'll be able to just plant it as you normally would. Uh, they really need a lot of sun, though. Full sun, obviously, to maximize yield. And your first fruit shows up in maybe 6 to 18 months, just depending on when, fr what fruit salad tree you choose. But again, there's kind of four different types. There's stone fruit, and that gives you that could give you different varieties of peaches, plums, nectarine, and apricots all on one tree. Pretty fascinating. So you're always going to have this cycle of fruit that it's putting out. You've got citrus, which we've talked a lot about this morning. That has oranges and mandarins, tangelos, grapefruit, lemons, and limes. How fun is that? Multi-apple, so one that puts out a variety of different apples, and it could very well produce up to eight varieties of any fruit. So you just want to read the label on that. And then there's also one that uh, produces different various varieties of Asian pear. So really cool fruit salad tree. That could actually be a pretty fun gift. That could be something really unique to give to somebody. 404-872-0750 is the number. I wanted to go back to a question I got um, on Facebook from Debbie uh, just maybe a week or so ago. She covered her hydrangeas when it was going to freeze, which we did have some really, really cold nights a week ago. Debbie was wondering, do I take off the covers when the temperature goes up and to what degree? And then do I keep covering and uncovering all winter long until maybe the leaves fall off? So I would like to hear from you how you treat your hydrangeas. Mine are pretty established. I've got a uh, panicle and I've got oak leaf as well. Actually, I have mop head too, but I don't worry about the oak leaf. But the mop head and the panicle hydrangeas, I don't cover. Um, they're they're well established. They've overwintered for a number of years now. But if you do have one, especially some folks will take florist hydrangeas and plant them outside. And sometimes you can have success with that. But I think they're going to be a little more a little more needy. You have to pay a little more attention to them if you're even able to get them to thrive outside. 
But Debbie, if, if that is concerning you and you're maybe in the higher elevations of North Georgia, it is. It's kind of a game all winter long of covering, uncovering, covering, uncovering. And there's been a lot of research done as to what is best to use. I like a sheet, but of course, if it's going to rain, that's going to make it really heavy and put some added weight on the branches that you don't want. So, But anything that you use, it has to go all the way to the base of the plant. This applies for everything, not just hydrangeas that you're trying to protect from winter freezes all the way to the base of the plant, weight it down with rocks or bricks or a a garden pail or something like that. And then, yeah, you do want to uncover it during the day, especially if you use plastic because of that whole greenhouse effect of maybe, you know, the sun's rays coming in through the plastic, almost burning the plant. So you want to take it off during the day. Um, And hydrangeas, you don't even have to wait when the leaves fall off. I mean, sure, the, the plant has gone dormant at that point. But go ahead and really start thinking about that because we're going to get colder temperatures again. We know that. Well, on this show, I do my best to reach out to all kinds of folks in different industries across gardening and even do some human interest kind of stories for you too. But I want to get you just all kinds of information. And I'm learning as well as I do this show kind of what what uh, sets well with all of you, what doesn't. But this is something interesting. So I've got a great relationship with the folks over at GDOT at the Georgia Department of Transportation because of the work I do in traffic. And so I reached out to Natalie Dale, who is their spokesperson, and they have some really great things going on. We talked about their uh, wildflower campaign with uh, Governor uh, First Lady Marty Kemp a few months back as she was a celebrity gardener and she's worked with GDOT on that. But also I was... uh, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with Natalie Dale about Keep It Clean Georgia, an anti-litter campaign that they're currently doing here in our state. And I think it's wonderful. Who wants to see all the trash alongside your state highways, your interstates, and not just to, to mention for the safety factor. So I want you to listen back to this conversation I had with Natalie Dale. Georgia DOT spokesperson Natalie Dale. We've had a relationship for years, but we've never talked about gardening and outdoor-related things. Natalie, hey, welcome there's, to the show. There's a reason for that. <laughs> I can't keep anything alive at all. So there you, is a reason that I am not a guest on this show ever. <laughs> so you won't qualify as a celebrity gardener, but you are a celebrity. Folks know your name. They know your face in the state of Georgia. So when we talk outdoor stuff, we're usually talking traffic. But today, we wanted to kind of uh, inform the listeners of a new campaign and something really exciting that the DOT is doing for the environment. Right. As Georgia DOT, you know, we have 50,000 miles of interstate and state routes throughout the state. So we see we see it all. We see the North Georgia mountains. We see the beaches. We see some of our, our greatest cities, some of our most quaint rural communities. Georgia as a whole, as a state, and I'm biased, so it's like talking about your child, to me, is one of, we have a diverse, beautiful state as far as as many things goes, but specifically talking geography and landscape. and, And it's just from every corner, you're getting something different. And it is beautiful. We have a beautiful state. Um, And you can see that driving around. But what we really want to impress upon people is that littering in our state it really detracts from the beauty. Um, it is, it's costly. It, our crews have to clean it up. But when you look at how much pride we have in our state, um, trash on our state routes, trash on our interstates, trash anywhere really just diminishes what we have to offer. And so we are launching the Keep It Clean Georgia um, anti-litter campaign. And 
an anti-litter campaign from GDOT. But a lot of people <laughs> don't know, don't mess with Texas, which has just become a phrase that, you know, people all over know. Mm-hmm. That originally started as an anti-litter campaign from the Texas Texas DOT. Now that makes sense. Don't mess with Texas. Don't, don't make mess it messy. With Texas. And so we are bringing you Keep It Clean, Georgia, because we want our roads to be, we want our roads to be comfortable to drive on, but we want them to be beautiful to drive on. And we know how much our state has to offer. Um, and we really want to just implore people to cut down on the clutter, embrace reusable, not throwing something out your window may seem really harmless. It, 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 is, it isn't in the long run. No, and also just thinking of it from a traffic standpoint, because I can't help but do that, keeping the shoulders and the rights of way clear for emergency vehicles, for folks who may have a vehicle emergency and they need to pull off the interstate or the highway really quickly. If there's piles of trash or tire debris or whatever, that may cause even more damage to their vehicle if they've already been in an accident or experiencing some kind of breakdown. Right. And and you know from watching as well, um, when we have sort of these... Um, flash flooding situations and we have high volumes of water and heavy storms that come in, it's going to blow things into the system. But if things are already there, we talk every year, we talk about, um, especially right now, election signs. Um, That, that is considered litter on the right of way. It's illegal to put signs, whether it's a house for sale or a uh, or a election sign on state right of way, you know, it, it's illegal to throw a, a cup out your window. Think about how all that gets washed down mm-hmm. into a storm system during a storm like this. When we get out to clear some of these flooded sections, the way that we clear them is to dig the trash out that people threw out of their window. And yeah, think storm about, drains work think amazingly well when they're not clogged. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, um, there's there are a lot of parts of this campaign um, besides what we spend in taxpayer money to have to clean up our our roads. We we would love to cut down on that. We would love to put that on something else. So where um, are we going to start seeing? Where are we going to start seeing the promotion of this campaign from the Georgia DOT? It is. Um, we would love for everyone to visit keepgaclean.com, um, and it's just got a lot of um, really common sense. Um, ideas about how you can cut down on clutter in your life, cut down on cut down on what could become litter, and then and then a call to to stop littering. So um, a lot of stuff there. We'll be pushing stuff out on our social media site. It's a more lighthearted campaign than we typically do when we talk about fatalities or texting while driving. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to us that the people who are driving on our roads see a beautiful, clean. Well, the environmentalists that listen to the show will greatly appreciate that. And last month, I was so enjoying the wildflowers and the cosmos and things that are planted along so many Georgia interstates. So really, your eye can continue to focus on what it needs to be on. First, the road, but then just the nice greenery, beautiful trees and shrubs and all of that we have in Georgia and not on the litter. Natalie Dale from the Georgia DOT. This is a great campaign. And give us that website one more time. It is keepgaclean.com, and this is the Keep It Clean Georgia uh, anti-litter campaign. And we would ha- we would love for you all to help us spread the word about how important this is. Well, Natalie, thanks very much for being on Green and Growing, and I hope to have you back soon. Thank you. 
So all of you as listeners to this program and to the Lawn and Garden Show for so many years appreciate the outdoors, so you can certainly appreciate the message and uh, the goal there of GDOT trying to keep everything beautiful in our state that we're so proud of. So some things that I have planned for the late winter, early spring coming up to bring you better content and to bring you a better idea of things that people in our great state are doing. I have a tour scheduled, one of the four farms, the sod farms for NG Turf, where they grow sod and, you know, Bermuda, there's a couple of varieties of Bermuda that were created right here at the University of Georgia. So I wanna get kind of a better look at how that works. So I plan to go to one of those and the uh, Urban Water Program, wanna learn more about that. Uh, they're doing all of that work at the Center for Urban Ag at the Griffin campus of the University of Georgia. So I'm gonna go south for an afternoon and also Serenby down there, also south of Metro Atlanta, the pastures, greenhouses and research facility. So I hope to do a couple of little feature pieces when I meet all of these fascinating people and see the things that they're doing and bring you all of that just to kind of help us learn a little more about what's going on. All right, 719, take a break and we'll be back with the top three things for you to do in the landscape this weekend. Thanks for listening to Green and Growing on WSB. It's amazing how far technology has come. There are so many ways to listen to terrestrial radio. Of course, on your radio dial, 95.5, and even on 7.50 a.m., so many people under the age of... I would say 19 have no idea what the am dial is but yeah on your smart speaker on your laptop on your smartphone with the wsb radio app so easy to do but no matter how you're listening to us i'm really glad you're here a weather update brought to you by finley roofing first want to tell you we do have a chance for scattered showers this morning but that is really going to increase later into the late afternoon high around 63 low around 51 a really pretty day today or tomorrow is going to be a little cloudy and highs around 65 but then the showers move back in sunday night into Monday morning. Up next, top three. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Keeping things pretty easy for you this weekend. If you have hellebores or Lenten rose, you can clip any ratty looking leaves at the base. They're going to be blooming here in the next month or two. There should be fresh green foliage emerging to take its place, so don't worry. And Walter shared with me that he sheared his Lenten rose bed back down to six inches in mid-November, and it looks better now, it looks cleaner, it looks healthier with all of those black and expired leaves gone. Number two, don't worry if some green leaves emerge above the bulbs that you planted earlier this fall. The cold is not going to hurt them. If you have bulbs that you haven't gotten in the ground yet, you need to get that done. They're going to be better off in the ground and still keeping them stored in the garage or the carport. And uh, Walter let me know he planted some as late as March, and they still looked okay in May. So yeah, get out there. But if you don't, and you find them in February and, and go into panic mode, you can certainly plant them then. And number three, maintain live Christmas trees. Cut trees absorb a lot of water at first, so don't ever let that stand get dry. And we're going to talk to Pike Nursery and Desiree Hyman here in just a few minutes. There is a product that uh, Pike Nursery carries that you can keep your Christmas tree fresh. And definitely want to talk to Desiree about poinsettias, the staple flower of Christmas used for decorating indoors. If you're still decorating, it's a plant you don't want to miss out on. So Pike Nursery coming up and your calls, 404-872-0750. This is Green and Growing on WSB. The 
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 7.35, starting to wrap up the show. Green and growing, unfortunately, I am not with you for the next hour because, uh, as you heard Robin and Jay mention, get some Georgia Bulldogs football. But that means... I get to bring you Pike Nursery an hour early. They always share what's new and fresh and hot in all of the nurseries around Metro Atlanta. And Desiree, I'm going to beat you to the punch. Happy, first of all, December 12th. Happy National (laughs) Poinsettia Day. (laughs) Happy National Poinsettia Day, Ashley. You're correct. Yeah. how? I mean, there's a national day for everything, but this is so appropriate that it is National Poinsettia Day, and y'all still have so many in stock. I was just at my Town Lake Pike Nursery a few days ago getting our beautiful eight-foot Fraser fur and saw all of the varieties of colors of poinsettias, and they're gorgeous. Yeah, poinsettias are such a great plant for Christmas, and I've kind of earned their reputation as being the Christmas flower. And there's a few fun facts. So when we think of poinsettias, we always think of the flower as the colorful part, the red leaves mm-hmm. that we love or the white or now all the different kind of pinks and kind of two-tones, but that's not actually the flowers. So those are actually called bracts. And if you look in the middle, you'll see some kind of like yellow circles. And that's actually what's considered the flower on a poinsettia. So just kind of a little fun fact this morning on National Poinsettia Day. So yeah, I think that if you want to impress your your company and your family over the Christmas holidays when they're complimenting you on your decorating, don't call them petals. The the colored part of the poinsettia, not petals, but bracts. Yes, absolutely. And they're just kind of the lucky leaves that got to have color in them. They are. And one of the other big kind of myths with poinsettias, and we hear this all the time when we're trying to break that myth, is poinsettias are not poisonous. Now, we're not saying that you should start eating them or your pets eating a ton of them because they're not, you know, made to be edible, but they're not poisonous like everyone tends to think. So if your cat or dog does eat a little too much, anything that's not edible, they're probably going to get an upset tummy, but they're okay to have um, in the house, especially, you know, around pets. So, you know, if that's been deterring you, this is the year to get a poinsettia. Um, you know, obviously we, we love our poinsettias and caring for poinsettias is actually relatively easy. So in your house, you're going to want to put it in place that gets kind of that bright, indirect light. So if you have like an orchid or a fiddle leaf fig already, they like that same kind of light requirement. So they're a, a tropical plant naturally. So they do like that kind of bright um, but indirect sunlight so that they don't get you know burned from, from the sun. Also, the biggest thing with keeping them fresh and beautiful is to keep them watered. So the easiest way to water a poinsettia is bring it to your kitchen sink or if it's larger, even the bathtub, and water it right at the soil level and kind of drench it until you see water coming out. They want that really thorough kind of soaking, and I would do that every few days. You want to keep them moist, but never like any plant. You never want them soggy. Yeah, just like with any houseplant, Desiree, you know, we always encourage folks, don't just assume they need water, because especially this time of year, we tend to overwater houseplants, which sometimes do have bigger pots than poinsettias live in for sure. But just a simple test with your finger, putting that in the soil and seeing if the soil feels dry, it's definitely time to water. But yeah, I think poinsettias probably could stand to be watered a little more frequently. Now, what do you recommend as far as you know, some of the poinsettias that we buy at the store have that um, foil 
you know, sleeve mm-hmm. up around yep. them. Do you recommend, I mean, it's supposed to look pretty. It's supposed to look festive, red or green or silver. But do you recommend taking the pot out of that? Does that really help the plant? Maybe putting it on a saucer instead? You know, it's really whatever works well for you when you decorate with them. If you like the sleeve, the sleeve is fine. I've got a couple of white poinsettias that I have in kind of a silver pot that I you know use seasonally. And then when I water it, I take it out of that pot and then water it that way, let it completely dry before I plop it, you know, kind of back into more of that decorative pot. Okay, very good. So we want to keep it kind of a highlight area, keep it watered. How long can we expect to enjoy these past the holidays? Weeks and weeks. <laughs> so, you know, we make sure that we're doing, we're growing the kind of the best points that is with the goal of lasting well through the holidays. So, you know, we've had people send us pictures, you know, even February, still enjoying their poinsettias. So you can definitely, you know, get them now or if you've had them for a few weeks, you're going to be able to enjoy them, you know, Christmas well into the new year. And for our fresh Christmas trees, Desiree, I don't mind enjoying that past New Year's. I'm fine to keep my live tree up past January 1st. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had you on in the last few weeks, and you recommended a product that Pike Nursery carries that is, you know, helps, in addition to keeping the tree watered, helps keep the live Christmas tree fresh for a little bit longer. What was that? So that's called Prolong, and that's, uh, you're going to actually add it into the water with the tree and it keeps the the trunk a little bit softer so that it can suck up more water so yeah it's always good to and we still have some so stop by grab some prolong and then add that to the water bowl of your christmas tree to help keep it fresh and extend that life as well and you definitely want to check the water level pretty frequently because uh, in the past when i had cats they would get in there and drink the water out of there. and It was going through water so quickly. I was like, man, this tree is really thirsty. So for folks that do have pets, yeah, you may want to check it a little more often. Well, listen, this weekend is the perfect time to stop by your local Pike Nursery, finish off your Christmas decorating, and brighten up someone's holiday. There's a lot of gift ideas there that are just ready and waiting, no wrapping necessary. Just grab them and bring them over to someone's house. Well, how do we find out information, Desiree, about our nearest Pike Nursery? You can go to our website, pikenurseries.com, to find your closest location. And then we also do have a special we really want to kind of brighten everyone's spirit. So we do have our 8-inch poinsettias. Once you get two, you get a third free. So we're really encouraging to take that third and maybe drop it off to a neighbor, a friend you haven't seen, of course, social distance. And also be sure do not leave the poinsettia outside. They mm-hmm. like tropical climates. And even though, you know, it's a little bit warmer than normal here, it's not warm enough for a poinsettia. So make sure that they do bring it aside and you don't just leave it on the doorstep. Buy two, get one free. And that's such a nice thought too. So many people have had to isolate, you know, this year and it's been really, really rough. So what better way and gesture to show someone that you're thinking of them? That would be a really nice surprise for someone to open their front door and have that at the doorstep. Great idea, Desiree. Well, also folks can follow Pike Nursery on Instagram and Facebook all kinds of great garden inspiration and pictures. And you may know what's coming up before I let you know on the show if you follow them on social media. Desiree, thanks and happy holidays. I'm so glad you called us this morning. Yeah, happy holidays. Thank you, Ashley. All right, we'll talk soon. 404-872-0750. Go to pikenursery.com to learn more. All right, up next, our next caller, Jess in Alpharetta. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hope hey. you're doing well this week. 
have a quick yes, question. Thank you. Okay. I have a I have a friend who a neighbor down the street who uh, also has some oak leaf hydrangeas, and I saw he trimmed this all back, and I thought, boy, should I be doing that this weekend, or should I wait until the springtime to do that? There are so many different schools of thought, but mine, for an oak leaf hydrangea, they don't even need pruning, really, but if you were to, I would wait till late winter, early spring. Okay, so let's just so get all the frost out and a couple of freezes, and then once all that's gone, then start trimming them back. Yes, I think that that is probably much better advice for sure. Okay, appreciate it. Have All right, glad you weekend. called. Thank you, Jess. You too. 404-872-0750. You know, when it comes to hydrangea pruning, like some things you've heard for years and they just don't stay in your head, right? I mean, people have to tell you repeatedly about something that you just have a mental block on, and I don't know why all of you are laughing at me because I host this garden show, yet hydrangeas are something that I just simply cannot keep straight when to prune and how to prune. It's it's the craziest thing. I always get it wrong and just can't keep it in my head, so I always have to rely on like Mickey Gasaway and Walter and even Norm Mitleider has helped me. Uh, he's an aesthetic pruner specializing in Japanese maples, but does a lot of hydrangea pruning too. And they just have to keep me straight because that's just something that in my brain won't stick. So I try to share the information that I get from garden experts such as those guys on the Facebook page on Green and Growing WSB and really hope that you can check out the Facebook page and maybe add to the conversation too because that's where all of you post really, really good stuff and we can kind of share. What I am going to post later on today, I just po posted a beautiful picture of the poinsettias in Pike Nursery for you to see in case you don't know what one is or you just kind of have missed it this holiday and you need to see the picture that's really going to get you antsy to buy one. But also when I was talking um, about a listener, Eric, just a little bit ago who had a oak limb go from one tree to the other and the other tree kind of adopted it and it kind of fused into another oak tree and it was able to keep it alive and it's actually thriving that was just something so interesting that my arborist friends really hadn't seen and it's not all that common 404-872-0750 up next to Brazelton talking to Sam good morning welcome to the show good morning and thanks so much for receiving my call yeah absolutely what can I do for you today I have a star magnolia that is kind of grown pretty big now and my question is can I reduce the height of it and not damage the tree? I think so. I think I think you definitely could now. Um, wintertime is a, a decent time to prune. So, oh, star magnolia is so pretty with all those petals. Would you have a white one? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so reducing the height, but don't do it all at once. I know it's really tempting, Sam, once you're actually up there, you're like, listen, I'm up here. I just want to go ahead and get it all done. But I would kind of do it in stages, too, because that tree grew to that height for a reason. So maybe take out select branches and select limbs first and kind of, okay. you know, get the ones that are posing a danger, whether it's the power lines or, you know, the ones that don't look as healthy. Take those out first and then maybe do some more after it blooms, after the spring. Okay. Sounds good. I'll do that. Absolutely. You be careful. How tall is it? Uh, it really is not. That's, uh, it's only about uh, 13 feet right now. Okay. Yeah, that's manageable. And that's definitely something to get done this weekend, too, for sure. The weather's nice, so get out there. Yeah. That's my plan. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous Saturday. Oh, I love how happy you sound, Sam. You too. So 
bright and chipper on a Saturday morning. I'm getting there, and then I go off the air at 8 o'clock. Go figure. Working from home has been really, really bizarre. It's I really miss seeing Jason and DeMarco in the studio. I was telling Jason, they keep me energized. So now I have a dog sleeping behind me who's not serving as any kind of motivation as a co-host whatsoever. But I'm really glad to get your calls. 404-872-0750. Going to take a break and check traffic and weather and be back with the top three things. Sam trimming his star magnolia back a little bit, but some other things you could do in the landscape this weekend. We'll be right back on Green and Growing. Oh, so much left to do at 7.53, but uh, we got to go on Green and Growing here in just a few minutes to make room for the uh, tailgate show for the University of Georgia Bulldogs. They are playing in Missouri, the Missouri Tigers, so kickoff is at noon right here on your home of the dogs on 95.5 WSB. First, a weather update. You've heard Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz tell you that uh, we are going to have some scattered showers, possibly this morning, but the bulk of them move in for late afternoon. Highs in in the low 60s, so it is going to be pretty pleasant, though. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, but rain likely to move in late tomorrow night into Monday morning, so you may be dodging some showers on your way to work on Monday morning. Then we do have chances for rain throughout the week. So your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Now this. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right. Number one, you can get out there and check out your uh, your hostas are really fading back. They're yellowing. The leaves are just kind of laying there. You can let them be. You can cut them away if you want to, but leave them be. But also go out and check your Lenten rose. They may be in the same part of the garden, your hellebores. Uh, you can clip any ratty looking leaves down to the base. New foliage is going to emerge here shortly. And Walter told me he had success shearing the Lenten roses down to six inches in mid-November and everything looks neat and tidy now and you're going to enjoy those flowers here in the next month or two. Number two, don't worry if some green leaves start to emerge above the bulbs that you planted this fall. The cold weather won't hurt them. They actually need those chill temperatures to be able to get ready to bloom in the spring. So if you haven't gotten around to planting some of those bulbs, you might want to get that done. And number three, maintain live Christmas trees. I'm so thankful that Desiree Hyman from Pike Nursery kind of helped us out with that. The easiest thing is just to check the water level. Cut trees absorb a lot of water at first, and Prolong is a product that you can have on hand, not just for Christmas trees, but that is going to help keep that water fresh and keep the Christmas trees live and fresh for a few more weeks to come. So I wanted to clarify, of course I wanted to clarify something that I told Jess about the oak leaf hydrangea. Um, if you do prune now, which is which is what I think I said to do. Gosh, I don't even remember. No, I, I said late winter, so I said wait a few months. But then Mickey Gasway said, no, no, they bloom on old wood. So if you cut some of that wood away, you're going to have less blooms for the spring when they flower like in late summer. So maybe it's best for the oak leaf hydrangeas to prune it right after it blooms. Right after it blooms. And then... uh and that'll keep you straight. See, I'm still still having to figure that out after how many months of doing this show? Nine months. I still can't get hydrangea pruning right. So anyways, if you have advice for me or you have questions about something you heard on the show, hit me up on the Facebook page. Search Green and Growing WSB. I'm always happy to hear from you during the week. And I hope you'll be up bright and early Monday morning. Catch triple team track of traffic, of course, right here on 95.5 WSB. But I'll be in for Mark Aram on Channel 2 Action News this morning for the next two or three weeks. 
as he takes a very well-deserved vacation. It's been fun being with you this Saturday morning. Stay safe, stay well this weekend. Merry Christmas, and I'll be back to talk to you next Saturday on another edition of Green and Growing. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.